This is Pop Health Week on the Bog Talk Radio and affiliate networks. This episode is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. And welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer, co-host of the show. And in the virtual studio today is my colleague, Fred Goldstein, principal co-host and co-founder of Pop Health Week. Hey, Fred. Hello, Greg. Great to be talking to you again this week. Okay. How are things in Jacksonville? Are you still feeling the pain? The pain of the Jags? Yes. The storm, fortunately, has passed through and it's all good here. Oh, there you go. Okay. So for those of you not familiar with Fred, he is a veteran healthcare executive and the president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville, Florida-based consulting firm. Fred serves on the editorial board of the Journal of Population Health Management and the advisory board of Care Innovations Validation Institute. He is past chair and former board member of the Population Health Alliance. Fred is known on Twitter as at FS Goldstein. My background includes thought leadership and strategy consulting for hospitals, health systems, and physician-led ventures. I publish and principally author ACOWatch.com healthinnovationmedia.com and precisionmedicine.center. And if you're in the market for digital media content development, curation, and engagement for your hospital health system or physician venture, ping me on Twitter via at 2healthguru. And now for today's special guest. Clint McClellan is the founder and president of Indie Health. His bio notes, leveraging 15 plus years as a wireless health executive, Clint's latest venture, Indie Health, is, a de- is developing a portfolio of the most highly standardized, highly certified, and easiest to integrate health devices in the, health, in the industry. He most recently was a co-founder of Qualcomm Life, and prior to that established Qualcomm's Global Industry Analyst and Global Market Intelligence Programs. Clint has served as the president and chairman of Continua Health Alliance, where he led the efforts to get the continuous standards adopted by the UN standards body, the ITU-T as the world's only connected health standard. Clint was the founding chairman of the CEA Health and Fitness Division and also served on the boards of San Diego Telecom Council, ComNexus, and as the board chair for the Foundation for the Children of Californias. Clint is also on the advisory councils of EvoNexus, LARDA, and the Veterans Research Alliance. Most recently, he joined UC Irvine as an expert in residence in its Applied Innovation Center and joined the Case School of Engineering and Case Western Reserve University as an advisor for wireless health and wearable solutions. So, Fred, with no further ado, over to you. Let's get to know Clint and what he's up to at Indie Health. Thank you so much, Greg. And Clint, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, thanks so much. You know, we've known each other for a while now, and you've been kind of all over this wearables industry. Um, So perhaps before we get into some of what you're doing now, give us some sense of where you think the industry is going and what are some of the important things to be looking for, both as a player and uh, potentially its impact on healthcare. Yeah, I think that the, uh, the industry is starting to wake up, and there are many segments that are beginning to realize that getting data from you from your home where you are uh, this connected health world will pay back benefits. Uh, we're seeing some good progress with, uh, I don't know if you saw the Qualcomm Life United announcement recently where they are collaborating to provide refunds to, to uh, their, 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 their uh, citizens that actually will wear wearables and show that they're active. That's one. We are seeing lots of uh, uh, pickup in the clinical trials 
world as well, where now these uh, pharma companies want to know how these drugs are interacting with the patients real time. And uh, so, so from that perspective, we're seeing a great, great, uh, uh, some segments really start to bubble up. The other one we're working with very closely is the uh, independent living and the uh, aging in place markets where we are working with companies to take their SOS PERS buttons, those health I fallen buttons, and make those into the hubs for health. So you can take a senior and actually get them a blood pressure cuff and a weight scale so that the loved ones can actually help manage their health. So we're seeing it from the Fortune 500s all the way to the out-of-pocket market, which again is that, that uh, uh, independent living segment where we all want to help manage our, our parents' health. That's going to be a huge segment. Yeah, it's interesting as you talked about. It. I mean, these things first came out, and everybody said, "Oh my gosh, they're going to take over the market." We, you know, we see a lot of people get these original devices, whether it was Fitbits or Vivofits or in-home scales, and they really were targeting the healthy. We're sort of getting them, but now it's getting the point. It sounds like where it's finding some specific use cases that really can make a difference around a person's health. Exactly, and you have to look at it longitudinally. Having just a single step counter in and of itself, uh, in general, you know, once you calibrate and you figure out what 10,000 steps, uh, where, how many times around the block or how far you need to go and come back, you know, they, they, people stop using them. But our entire philosophy on developing our portfolio, we actually call it the uh, Indie Health Activity Kit. And the idea is that you get three devices, uh, all very in inexpensively, they're highly certified, highly standardized. We have a, a, an FDA-cleared blood pressure cuff, CE-marked uh, European Society of Hypertension. We have a blood pressure cuff with a scale, a 440-pound scale, and an activity bracelet. And so we don't expect someone to have that activity bracelet on 24-7, but the idea now is to get trend data. How does that, over the year, you might want to go back and look at when was my blood pressure the best? And that's like a black box. You can then figure out be, up, leading up to that point in time, how was my activity? And if my activity was great and my blood pressure was not so great, well, how was my sleep? That's how we anticipate these kits to be used. And you might look at your weight and you still haven't lost that 20 pounds, but if your blood pressure is good, then, then everything is fine. So our idea is to make it simple for Fortune 500s down to application developers, small, small startups, to be able to implement health kits and health, health, health systems. That's interesting. And let me get back to something you said earlier that I don't know if uh, many people would recognize, but you mentioned this weight scale and you said 440 pounds. Yes. Most scales max out at 250 or maybe 350. And it's been a real problem around obesity. So did you actually say, hey, we're going to make this scale handle more weight? Exactly. And the way our model uh, works, we go out and find best in class manufacturers and partner with them. We give them our specs. Uh, and our protocols, and they are making them for us. So we have a lot of great partners. So these are indie health devices uh, that that, that uh, we get from uh, manufacturers. We are the, the, the actual literal manu manufacturer, uh, but we also work with ODMs to help with our specs. And we wanted to make it affordable. All three of these devices will come in under, under $200. Now, uh, as a kit, we certainly will sell just individual uh, devices, but the idea is to make it predictable and affordable for third parties to develop uh, systems and platforms. Yeah, and so given what you said earlier, the target market is aggregators, in essence, providers or those doing clinical trials versus a consumer? Exactly, exactly. And let's talk a little about your continua, you know, worked on all these standards, et cetera, and you mentioned you've got FDA clearance and CE marks. Um, what about the data? Where is it? How does it access those kinds of things? 
the data we we provide uh, we do not have a cloud like in many of the models that you see we provide the apis uh, sdks and source code for our partners to collect all the data for example if i can give one example we have a, a waterproof uh, activity bracelet that has a 30-day battery life this bracelet we give our partners all the apis and sdks so they can get the data themselves we don't touch the data that's part of our differentiator we want to enable our partners to, to collect as much data as they can. They get the raw data from all of these devices. And, and we also are coming out with an Apple Health Kit app so that you can go right into the Apple, into the iPhone as well for uh, Health Kit. And I, I assume that Apple Health Kit app will, will be for the individual themselves to see what's going on? Is that how that, or is it? That's one way. But it's also, we see that there are insurance companies that are actually beginning to use Research Kit, or I, I should say Health Kit. So the insurance providers are providing Apple Watches and other devices. We then can be dovetail in that and have our devices already up, uh, able to interact with the Apple Health Kit. So we have a variety of different segments. And so from that perspective, that would go to an individual, but through a, an insurance company. Right. And so then the insurance company can aggregate their, their members up through this system. Exactly. Yes. Got it. And then they decide where and how they want to feed that data, say to a health coach or to a provider or some other person working with that patient? Yeah, exactly. And we have the, we have the engineering talent to be able to have resources to help them do that, to help figure out where it would go. For example, we have one company we're working with. Uh, they do all of their own Android work, but they needed help with Apple. So we are providing our application and then pointing that data from the iPhone back into their platform. So from that perspective, they're using it for actually uh, um, chronic disease management, but we're helping on the Apple side, but helping to point the data to their servers. Got it. And and when you look at devices, so now you're you're making these devices, they meet the standards, you've got a platform they can pull the data through. Are you looking at other technologies to add to this system or? Yes, we will add an SPO2 meter uh, later next year. And we are also looking at other Bluetooth-based, 4.0-based uh, device that would be used for uh, independent living for the, uh, the uh, aging in place market. Uh -huh. And do these then, you mentioned this connection to the PERS, et cetera. Does it go, th is it connected through that or is it going through their Wi-Fi system or how is that set up or through the there watch? A couple, or? couple ways to do that. It would go right to the PERS device in, in, in one of the cases. Uh, and, and then that PERS device has Bluetooth low energy that acts as the hub. So then cellularly it is brought and transmitted back to uh, their, uh, their, their, their service center. And in some cases they use the base. So the base of that, uh, the, the charging base might have uh, th that technology in it. So from that perspective, we, there are a couple different use cases. Uh -huh. And you mentioned earlier a little bit about clinical trials. A lot of companies have launched a lot of this stuff and say, Hey, look at our great little product, but they have no, backup data to show what's really going on, or we do know that after a couple of weeks, nobody uses it, those kinds of things. So how are you looking at that differently, and, and where are you sort of in that clinical trials process? We are working with, with, with companies that actually have been in this market for probably 10 to 15 years, uh, and there are pioneers that have been quiet. You haven't heard about them. We'll talk about them more later when the, when the time is right. But they've been, uh, that, this has been one of the sweet spots that we have found in this, in this industry. I think that one of my great learnings was that uh, early on in Qualcomm life, we thought, hey, if we get a citizen, or the citizen is the word they use in the, in, the, in the EU, if we get a citizen 
get them a blood pressure cuff, a scale, and a hub. They'll care about managing their own health. Well, as you pointed out, it's usually the healthy people that are managing their health the best with the Fitbits and the and it's all of the quantified self people. Well, the pharma industry has already begun to wake up, realizing that the, the biometric data is needs to be tied to their activities in, in developing drugs. So this is really one of the first markets that's really starting to, to, to pick up steam. Yeah, so so let's go back a few years. You uh, you know, I remember meeting you at Qualcomm and then Qualcomm Life, and uh, you're working at Continua, and you essentially um, now decide to go launch this series of products in a market that has a lot of series of products. What sort of from back then brought you to now to say, hey, here, I think there's an opportunity here? Well, I, I think the one point of failure has continued to be easy to integrate devices. And also the other failure has been the business models. Uh, a lot of these companies, they want to, they make the hardware, but they also sell the service. And so you can't separate the two. So what we have decided to do was master one piece, the easy to integrate device, and that's it. One of my favorite sayings is from Clint Eastwood, a man has to know his limitations. And so that's what we do. And we have probably one of the best engineering teams in the industry that have uh, implemented over 300 devices over nine platforms. So we can we can help, pretty much help anyone get these devices up and running. And that's what we do. We're just sticking with that. And the furthest we will go into software right now is with our Apple Health Kit, simply because we can manage that well. Uh, there seems to be a strong market for it. So, I mean, there's been this whole question or, you know, hardware providers, software providers, you said some of them have this system where once you're in it, you're kind of locked in. So you chose to compete just on the hardware side. Exactly, and be the ultimate enabler of third parties from all of our engineering experience. My whole my background for the last 15, 20 years has been communications. So what's happening is that you've got these medical device companies that are not communications experts and they're trying to pull together these low powered radios. We are going at it from the opposite direction where we partner with these companies that make world-class devices and we help with the, the communications piece. And so then, once we define that in, with, within our portfolio, we then build the SDKs that, that help our third help third parties get up and running quickly. We can help startups. Uh, next, we'll be going to universities for research. Uh, and so the idea is to be able to disaggregate. If you think the, the industry today is almost like it, the BlackBerry was 15 or 20 years ago. You had you got the device from BlackBerry, you use their network and you use their server. We are now accelerating the move to the modern day where if you look at something like the iPhone, Apple doesn't make that phone. They get it from Foxconn in China and they have these open APIs so third parties can develop. We are coming at it from the hardware side, making it very easy for someone who's a great application developer to build an app around our set of devices. So um, if there's a... So the, the, the companies that are going to say, I'm going to work with Indie Health, are, are organizations or providers or researchers are going to say, I'm going to build the rest of it around this world-class hardware. Yes. That's the thinking? Yes. Got it. And, and where do you see any possible low-hanging fruit with, as, you, as you begin to launch? Um, I think, again, it's going to be clinical trials and probably the independent living market. Uh, but then mm -hmm. after that, we have we have uh, calls with some large payers as well. And what we would do with a payer is recommend our devices as a low-cost way for them to, to to deploy these to their population. But then we have a host of platform partners that we could recommend as well. And so each each of us have our own specialties. 
the platform providers don't want to be in the hardware business and they want a simpler, easier uh, procurement path. And that's what we provide. And we're standards based as well, which is you can never you can never go wrong going with the standard. Got it. And are there you know, you mentioned um, some of the newer um, devices that you're going to be putting in. And there's all kinds of other stuff out there that that other people are developing that are hardware based type products. Is there an opportunity for them to say, hey, I want to work with you and bring this in through your system? Sure, absolutely. And even somebody that might make a blood pressure cuff, maybe they want a scale or an activity bracelet in their portfolio. We're open to uh, a variety of different models. Got it. And and it's really just getting ready. So when are you looking to begin truly launching this? The warehouse will start filling up in December. So it'll December will be will be we'll have product. We already have back orders, uh, and we'll be full speed in January. Back orders already, eh? Yes. That sounds good. Always yes. like that. Yeah. Fantastic. And so um, is this, you, you talked some about price. Is this an area where over time, similar to say the cost of storage or et cetera, we're just going to see continued drops in price of the yes, products? I, yes, I think so. And so from that perspective, we are very nimble. And since we are, we've developed our own specs and, and protocols based on the standards, we can go to different vendors to, to procure our, our products. And what we uh, provide our, our partners, our uh, platform partners is a standardized based uh, road, road, roadmap. So the, every new device we bring in should behave almost exactly the same. Yeah, and I think you said 200 bucks or something like that. Was I right? Yes, for the entire so, kit. So, Back in about 2002, 2003 timeframe, I was dropping in-home monitoring kits for heart failure and COPD in a Medicaid population in North Dakota for anywhere between 2500 and 3500 bucks, And that didn't include the monitoring fees. <laughs> so right. unbelievable to watch that. that. That's great. And I think even a few years ago, it was sort of the $400 limit. So great to see that. Um, what about – so so how – you know, one of the things I think about is the provider, let's say the, the, the group that wants to then build something around this, they need a fair amount of expertise on that other side, don't they? Or do you know where you could refer people to help or do you work with them on that or how would that work? In general, we have a, a set of partners that we would recommend to offer that platform. If they want to build it themselves, yes, it's very, there's a lot of work to that. In some cases, you need to be FDA cleared. Uh, you've got lots of biomedical data that you're bringing in. There are lots of HIPAA constraints. That's not our expertise. But we, we, we partner with those people to make the device side easy for them. But if they do need help, we do have partners that we can help uh, uh, them get up and running with. Now, you mentioned that lovely word HIPAA. And let me ask you this. So this is everybody's fear, security. I mean, everybody's trying to get hacked, et cetera. How, how have you maintained that or what do you have in here that ensures security? We use the, all the security protocols that are, that are defined within Continua and the Bluetooth SIG. So we're standards based. And from that perspective, that, that onus goes on the platform provider. We are a peripheral. And so to get to our device, you'd have to go through their, their hub, their platform. So we don't really anticipate that happening. Right. And so you've got the standards with the transmission between the device and say the, the hub, et cetera, yeah. and those are secure. And then you're not storing any data, right? No, exactly. So exactly. it's all on somebody else's system. Exactly. So 
as you as you look down the road, where do you see Indie Health in a in two years, five years? What do you hope to achieve here? Oh, I hope to expand within the segments we're working on now. I, uh, independent living is certainly one of my passions. Uh, that would be one segment. I think that also we'll ex we will expand globally. We'll be starting to get to the EU next year. Um, and the standards we're using are global standards. I think you mentioned in the bio, I helped get uh, basically the UN to make these continuous standards the global standards. So we will be able to have a global footprint with this also. So I think you'll see uh, the EU, I think you'll see uh, Asia also later next year. So that is a, really is a global expansion and really through our partners. We have a strong set of distribution partners that help us. So it's not just us doing this. And again, you know, one of my, my favorite sayings back to that Clint Eastwood saying, a man has to know his limitations. So we are enabling all of these, these parties to go out and resell our products as well. You know, I've seen, you know, obviously this whole issue of FDA clearance and CE marks. Are there that many providers that have both? Most, most everyone does. The CE Do mark, yeah, the CE mark is pretty straightforward. Uh, the FDA generally, uh, the devices we're talking about are 510K cleared. Uh, but what we are focusing on are the simple staple devices, blood pressure, weight, and activity. And so from that perspective, you have to have, it has to be FDA cleared. And that, that provides a barrier right there to many companies just deciding they're going to get into the blood pressure market. So we've done is with our portfolio, have a very simple activity bracelet that is uh, uh, waterproof with a 30 day battery life with a highly regulated device. So from that perspective, you get it from one, one, one supplier. And, and in terms of that activity uh, bracelet, you know, a lot of them will do, hey, I'm moving, I've got steps. Some will, will monitor something like swimming or other things. Is it that kind of a device that it just picks up all kinds of activity and you can use it to do stuff like that? It's pretty basic. It is uh, steps. Uh, it it uh, approximates calories and it's sleep. Uh, these activity bracelets have gotten, have been over-promised over and under-delivered. Basically, the way I look at an activity bracelet, it's a piece of plastic and a protocol. There's only so much you can get from your wrist, and, and everyone is different. Your, your steps will be counted differently than my steps will be. What we want is basic activity, basic sleep. You can get a lot from that, especially when we look at some of our partners that are looking at behavior change within chronic disease. With some of these people, uh, you want to know if they've gone from 500 steps to 2,000 steps. It's pretty basic. They're not worried about the flights of stairs. And we actually, at heart rate as well, they're very difficult to get, which is why our concept of, of having all three devices together is to make adding activity a no-brainer. At that price, you, for, our kit is priced just above any one of the single devices from any other vendor. So you can't expect too much from activity, but a bracelet, but you can get a lot from basic activity and sleep. Well, I think that brings up a good point. That's a great way to look at it is you just want to get a general sense of their activity during the day and their sleep and then monitor that, as you said, over time. I mean, I played with them all and worn them all. And every time I do, I'm getting different results from every exactly. one of them, you yes. know. And so I do like the fact that, you know, here you have this, you know, your blood pressure and stuff. And those are real. I mean, that's yeah. real data that can be used to really make a decision. And because you've got it FDA cleared, obviously, it's meaningful data and not just coming off of some crazy sensor. And the same with the weight scale. And, and as you said, there could be a lot done with that. So um, in this seniors market, you take, you know, I think there's a great opportunity for, for companies, as you've talked about, to sort of build these things that allow this ongoing 
understanding of what's going on with that individual to get out in front of it. That's sort of the holy grail we're looking at in population health. How do we get out in front of these problems, identify the risks early and do it? And I would assume as you get these data sets coming in, um, you, you, the providers will be able to do that. Do you have any, have, have you thought any about going to, um, you know, so as providers move to value-based care, risk-based contracting, talking to ACOs or talking to risk-bearing entities out there uh, with this kind of a product? Yes, we are. We're, we're in talks right now. Great. So at the, at the end of the day, you have these products going. Are you going to, all of the data then is analyzed by whoever uses it. And they yes. could say, I want to connect it to some machine learning system or drop it off to my care managers. Yes. Yes, our job is to make is to collect as much data as possible, help them collect as much data as possible, as inexpensively as possible. And and with the open APIs and with our engineering support, we decrease their OPEX dramatically since we've got, again, have one of the best engineering teams in the world that can help them get, get these devices up and running on their platforms. And as you look to distribute these products, how is that going to work? Are you have, do you have a, uh, is there a, sales team is it all through the web are you the one selling everything uh, we, what are you looking yeah, at that? that's, a, that's a good question we have a few uh, distributors that are kidding these together and are, are our partners that we actually send send uh, our customers to so we have a great set of, of partners lined up that are uh, that are distributing these that are kidding them that would that, that that's our, our, our part of our differentiation is that we have a really strong supply chain and and what do you see, you know, as as now you've gone from a major company, obviously with Qualcomm, to the startup mode, and I've, I've lived in that world too. What are the things that keep you up at night? Uh, what are some of you might be the obstacles you think you might be facing? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, we've been putting this together, the supply chain and all of our partnerships for about three years. So I think the one thing, uh, Gosh, you know, that's I hadn't even thought about that. What key, a lot of things, a lot of things keep me up at night. Let me, let me think <laughs> well, a lot of it is keeping our partners, or, you know, are making sure that our, our um, manufacturing partners are are um, complying with all the protocols, and they are. So that that's not a big problem to to worry about. But for the most part, it's really just ramping up. It's going to be, you know, we're, we're still we're still waiting to get the product into the into the uh, pipeline. But for the most part. Um, What's been keeping me up is getting more partners lined up. That's that's it. We've got a great set right now, but we need more. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's great, and I think um, you know it's nice to know that maybe there aren't too many things keeping you up at night. Um, I, I certainly I struggled with a few of those during my entrepreneurial days, and uh, it's never much fun. So, right. Any last words on? where this all goes at the end of the day. We've talked a little bit about it, but any other thoughts you have on that? I think you'll see uh, the market begin to take off uh, in 2017. There's just so much, uh, so many people have been thinking about this for so long between the payers, between some of the uh, uh, independent living services, between chronic care platforms, and we're making it, it's becoming more expensive, or more inexpensive, I'm sorry. So I think you will really start to see this take off next year. Is that really the sort of the threshold? It's been a price issue as, as well as I think uh, an issue of what's the target, where we go, you know, where is this stuff really valuable? Is that sort of, we sort of answered those questions now? Yeah, I think so. And I think that um, 
it has been difficult for people to figure out where to start. Do you start with this? Do you start with the platform provider? Do you start with 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 devices? Where who do you pay and who, who's responsible at the end of the day? And I think that there, with many of the partners we're working with, many of the platform providers are uh, really gaining traction. That have been at the, at the longest, partially because it has come down in price. We have partners that are already have leasing programs, and that was unheard of a few years ago. So I think I think you'll see lots of different business models begin to arise. Well, fantastic, Clint. It's great to have you on here. And actually, I'd love to get you back on later since you're doing some studies. We'd love to see some outcomes and results from some of this. I think that is great. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. And that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I do want to thank Clint McClellan for his time and insights today, as well as my colleague, Fred Goldson, for an engaging conversation. Do follow Indie Health, which is admittedly in stealth mode at this moment, on the web at www.indie-health.com. And follow Clint on Twitter via at ClintMC, the number one. So until we meet again on Pop Health Week for Fred Goldstein, this is Greg Masters saying bye now. <laughs>